365. The fantasy season never dies. Welcome to Every Day is Draft Day. Presented by Champions Round. What is up, everyone? Good afternoon. Welcome to Episode 5 of Every Day is Draft Day. I am your host, Dan Turner. Joining me today, two very special guests, very good friends of mine. We have Dave and Seth from IBT Media. What is up, guys? Hey, Dan. Good to see you, man. Thanks for having us on the show. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you guys on. So uh, how, how are you guys doing? You know, football season just started. How did your teams do? How would your fantasy teams do? When to start like that, huh? Well, yeah. I didn't, I I didn't go. Like the tough questions out of the way. This week, so... Uh, Definitely lost in more than half of them, but it was, it was a really weird week it was. to start, you know. It was. We're going to talk about that. What about you, Seth? Dan, it was good, man. You know, a lot of hits, a lot of misses, though. I mean, who could have predicted some of the things we saw, like some early Sunday scratches? That was pretty head-boggling there on Sunday morning. But overall, man, I was just so thankful to be back on the couch in the driver's seat watching <laughs> football, man. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I was like that myself, especially since my team was the only one in my division to win uh, last week, so I was pretty happy about that. So uh, speaking of hits or misses, that's a great segue, Seth. What, uh, what are some of your your, uh, your hits that you, you had this week, guys? We'll start with you, Seth. Yeah, so Dan and I, we, we are, Dave and I, a couple months ago, we put out a draft guide, part of our in-between media draft guide was our all-in picks. And two of my all-in picks, while it's still only week one, I was all in really early on the season on guys like TJ Hawkinson, loved the volume there, loved the talent. And David Montgomery was a screaming value all off season. And he looks like he is just who I thought he was. So very thankful to have hit those guys in particularly for week one, last week on our podcast, we did an in the scope segment. I was talking about guys who were going undrafted in a lot of places who you should pick up before week one, because they're going to be the top waiver ads of week two, I talked about guys like Sterling Shepard, who finished the week as a wide receiver one, as well as Kirk Cousins, who was QB 12 in week one as well. Um, you know, hit on a couple other guys like Tyson Williams and Robbie Anderson. But, you know, overall, th- th- those were probably the ones I was most excited about. What about you, Dave? Well, I had a few a few hits. Uh Mostly uh, Jameis Winston was a big hit for me. I was recommending people draft him, and, you know, he jumped right out there and uh, quarterback four, I think, for the week. And from the from the same draft guide that Seth was just talking about, one of my all-ins was Dak Prescott, who showed out. And then yes. my sleeper pick was Jared Goff, and I felt pretty good about that. You know, that started off pretty good. I felt like yeah. he was just – you know, going so late, he couldn't, you know, you're, you're not taking any risk uh, drafting a guy that late, you know, just mm-hmm. pluck him up with your last pick. His situation is pretty good. And a lot of it is because of TJ Hawkinson and, you know, the volume there that Seth was speaking of was definitely on display in week one. So. Yeah, absolutely. As someone who, you know, was, was feeding Goff pretty hard. Uh, I was really surprised that he he ended up doing as well as he did. So that was a really good call uh, by you, especially at his price point where it was basically free, like you mentioned. No one really wanted any part of him, and he ended up being, you know, a, a quality start in in any format for for this week. 
Uh, going over some of mine, uh, I got Matthew Stafford. I think that I was, I was yes. big, really big on Stafford. Um, all offseason, I thought that he was going to do really well in the, in the Rams system. And ended up, uh, you know, he ended up proving me, proving me right so far. You know, it was a solid start. Uh, you know, he targeted a bunch, all of his receivers. Uh, so I, I think that, you know, with, with the running game doing, doing decent, I think he's in line for uh, a lot of uh, passing attempts this year. So I think he'll do good. Another one that I, I, I personally know, and it's a little bit of a homework pick, is Jalen Hurts. Yeah, yep, you were there, man, all <laughs> off season in the chat. I remember all, every podcast we had. It's a hurt season, baby. Yep, every single one. I, people probably got really annoyed with me saying that in every podcast in their comment section. Section, but um, I think that it was it was really annoying to see everyone with a fifty-two percent completion percentage from last year, when basically the entire Eagles team was a big dumpster fire, and uh, the coach and, and everyone had pretty much given up on the season. So the fact that he came out and he got seventy-seven percent. And uh, Nick Sirianni was able to tailor the offense around what he was good at. It gives me a lot of hope. I don't think you know we're going to you know, go to the Super Bowl or anything this year, but uh, from a fantasy perspective, you know he's he's going to do really well uh, in that case. Another one that that people didn't really like uh, was Brandon Ayuk. That I was everyone was really high on him. And he was going like the fifth round of, of drafts, and I was I was saying you know people were drafting him at, at his ceiling. You know he had a great last yeah. great year last year, and he's super talented. There's no denying that. But a lot of that was because of you know, the injuries that, that were happening around his team. And with Trey Lance coming in and, you know, starting uh, at some point, I, I was worried that he wasn't going to get the work uh, that was needed for him to, to justify his draft costs. And now we have a report coming in from, from the coach himself saying that he, you know, he's not going to, you know, get significant snaps until he can beat out the guys in front of him. In front of him. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you guys think about, are you worried about uh, Ayuk going forward? Or do you think that's just, uh, you know, like a flash in the pan and then he'll be fine? For the rest of the year that's that's a really tough one dan i mean i, th- I think a lot of us you know like you said we were drafting iu probably you know at a ceiling rather than the floor which you never want to do in fantasy football um week one was a little weird for san francisco's general with the with the trey sermon cut or the trey sermon healthy scratch as well i you know definitely like we never know what, what kyle shanahan's going to do he's one of those hard you know hard unpredictable coaches that we cannot predict in the NFL. But I, I think with Ayuk moving forward, like obviously we see the big game out of Debo Samuel. He was a wide receiver, one on the week, caught the long touchdown there uh, in the second half. But I mean, I think I'm still rolling out Ayuk if I have him, but I think it's more like, you know, a conservative wide receiver three than the wide receiver two with upside that, that we thought he was coming into the season. Mm-hmm. What about you, Dave? Are you worried at all about Ayuk going forward? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I don't know how you cannot be at this point. Um, but I, that's, you know, that reminds me of another hit that I had this week, you know, because I was telling people to draft Debo Samuel. I couldn't believe the separation between the two yeah. in their ADP, you know. So I was really comfortable going up a whole round, you know, on on Debo. And, and he had a great week. But, yeah, Ayuk, you know, the, the hamstring injury could – linger uh it's tough to say what's what's going to happen but yeah after after sunday you know it it makes me a little nervous absolutely yeah and this isn't i i don't expect him to to have to like work into the starting rotation like like shanahan is i think is saying but right i didn't expect him you know to to gain the the kind of points uh, that was necessary for his fifth round adp but, mm-hmm. but to have him not even start and to have him, you know, 
after working through the starting rotation, that that is a surprise to me. I didn't think that, you know, with the talent that he has, and he is supremely talented, and I'm not, don't get me wrong, that he would need to, you know, work to get into the, the starting lineup. So that, that was a huge surprise. It, it, especially, like, even early in the preseason, Dan, we saw you all over the field making plays. Like, I remember we were in Canton, and we saw – we saw 49ers game and man, Ayuk was everywhere. So yeah, great, great call on your end, man. I, I, I don't have him a lot of redrafts, but I definitely have been holding him in dynasty probably for more value than what he's worth. Oh yeah, absolutely. You're not going to, you're not going to sell him now after, after that. I mean, he's going to play eventually. I would have to assume, I don't think he's going to be on the bench, you know, uh, for, for Sheffield the entire year. I'd be really shocked if that was the case. So absolutely, you know, I, I at some point I, I think he does correct like the lineup and, and start to deliver some, some return, but to, to, to not, I mean, I'd definitely be concerned if I was an owner, an owner of his. All right, so moving on, we got some, uh, if there's a hit, that means there has to be a miss. So uh, let's talk about some, some misses for you guys. Dave, we'll start with you. What kind of what kind of misses did you have for, for week one? Well, uh, the misses were there. You know, I was kind of all over uh, Tevin Coleman, at least, you know, getting this opportunity and being kind of a sneaky little start, you know, that he was going to, get some run and he, and he did, you know, he got the ball. He just doesn't look like he has it. You know, Tevin Coleman seriously let me down. That was one of my, my deeper stabs, but Mm -hmm. you know, there were just plenty that, that I was wrong on my bust pick in the draft guide was Joe Mixon. And I feel really (laughs) stupid about that right now after this, this week, because he certainly made me look uh, like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, he had quite a game. So. Yeah, I'm definitely eating that that Joe Mixon growth today. After all the the hate of it, I've been heaping on him all offseason. He definitely uh, shut me up pretty pretty well. Yeah. What about you, Seth? Oh, man. I, you know, probably one of the biggest misses for me, and Dave, I know you were on the opposite side of the spectrum here, but it was the entire Dallas Cowboys offense. I did not think – I was worried about Dak Prescott. Let's be honest. Like, Obviously, there's a leg injury from last season. Comes into this year, has the shoulder issue early in camp, and and you know they're talking to baseball teams. So this is a baseball type injury here. This isn't a normal NFL quarterback injury. So I was worried about Dak. I, did that push my rankings and my projections for CD Lamb and Amari Cooper down too much? Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. Like I, I think I had them both closer to wide receiver eighteen and nineteen on the year, and now they look like they could be maybe one of the only teams that pushes for two top wide receiver ones in an offense. So that was a really big miss on my end. And then Aaron Jones had him everywhere. I, I was sitting in the fifth spot in a lot of redrafts this season. And instead of like going with someone like Saquon or Zeke, who a lot of people were pounding the table for, I took someone just as bad here in week one with Aaron Jones. So, uh, but you know, just an overall crappy game for the Packers, but those were definitely my, my couple of my big misses on the, on a week one here. Yeah. The Packers really surprised me. I did not see uh, the entire offense, you know, obviously spearheaded by, by Rogers, just not performing whatsoever. So I think that that's also a, a big concern. Like the, you know, there's some whispers, not that I give it much credence that, that Rogers is just like trying to stick it to green Bay and like, yeah, he's not doing that. You know, no, no, no competitive football player is going to willingly, you know, mm-hmm. like mail it in like that, but it is a concern for the, for the offense going forward. I think week two is going to be a big, you know, big wait and see to see if that was like a aberration or if that's the real thing. So, so, so back to you, Dave, real quick. So if not Tevin Coleman, do you trust anybody in the, in the Jets backfield or you're just avoiding it altogether? Like no Michael Carter, no anyone like that. 
I don't want anything to do with it right now. I mean, if anybody, you know, if I had to pick one, I'd probably go with Ty Johnson at this point. But that doesn't make me excited either. I I don't know uh, who's going to get the ball. You know, right. I mean, that's really that's really the problem. You know, I don't know what the usage is going to be. And Michael Carter was on the field a little more than I expected this Sunday. Mm-hmm. But, you know, didn't didn't really pop off the the screen or anything when he was. So, right. Yeah, it's it's murky, and I don't want to be involved. The other thing now concerning the New York Jets' entire backfield is we saw um, outstanding offensive lineman Mackay Becton go down with that injury. It doesn't look like it's as bad as we initially thought it was, um, that he could still return. But, I mean, that's a bummer as a whole. Like, I, I have Michael Carter a lot of places, honestly. I've been tucked away on a couple of taxi squads, uh, you know, on my bench and some redrafts. And if I can get one good game out of him and then sell him high – I definitely recommend that to everybody. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think that everyone was really excited about, you know, Carter coming into the to the draft. Uh, you know, some people were even taking him over over Williams at, at that time, and then he went to the Jets. And then, like we all know, as soon as someone goes to the Jets, they might as well be dead in terms of, of fantasy. Yeah. So I, I do think you know he still has some talent. Uh, the Ty Johnson thing is, uh, you know, there was some. There was some hype to him in the in the preseason, so I mean, it is a di- really difficult backfield to, to figure out, and I don't want any part of that. But what about uh, what about you know Corey Davis? Did you see? Did you expect Corey Davis to be as good as he was? I was pretty him? big on Corey Davis, but you know, I mean, he he outdid my uh, highest expectations <laughs> this week. You know, I definitely wanted to get my hands on him, but yeah, like two touchdowns that was a lot more than I thought I was going to see out of him. I yeah. like the look of. Uh, Zach Wilson throw into Corey Davis, you know, it looks like they've really got a connection there. And I think that could definitely pay off this year. <laughs> now imagine saying that sentence before week one. Cool. I know. Yeah. Zach Wilson I know. Corey Davis is a great thing, right? Yeah. I, How quickly you know. things change. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Right, I just, go ahead. I was just going to say, I just like the look of them together. You know, I felt like they were really, they had some rapport and that's, that's a big deal. It's, Starting off the season with a rookie quarterback, looking like mm-hmm. he has rapport with his, you know, top receiver. So yeah, absolutely. I think him being kind of like the safety valve throw for for Wilson is gonna, you know, is really gonna be good, especially in PPR leagues when he's gonna get the, a lot of targets and then in the offense. All right. So looking looking ahead uh, to, to week two, you know, week one's behind us. We had a lot of things that you know we didn't expect. You know, Trey Sermon not even playing. You know, a lot of a lot of a lot of things that we thought we were right on, but apparently have no clue. So going forward, uh, we're going to our, our Mirage section. Can we trust, you know, these, these players going forward? Or do you think it was just a, a, a little blip in the radar? Starting with everyone's favorite, uh, you know, emptier of fab dollars, Elijah Mitchell. <laughs> you know, he went any, from anywhere between 25 and 100% of people's fab budgets, yeah. which is crazy uh, to me. I, I, didn't, I personally didn't put any money on him. But you know, going forward, do you think that he's the real deal, or do you are you worried that uh, you know in the Shanahan backfield it's just going to be like the hot hand and uh, Jermichael Hasey and, and Trey Sermon could could upset that uh, that Mitchell you know train that seems to be running away with everybody? I I think a little bit. You know, as kind of noted earlier, there is a there is a wide range of outcomes with anyone in a Kyle Shanahan offense, especially at the running back position. You know, last week, Trey Sermon, up until Sunday, we thought he was the number two back. Turns out he was the number four back 
They let Wayne Gallman walk a couple weeks ago. Wasn't expecting that. I wasn't even expecting Hasey to make the roster. But here we are. I mean, I, I think at this point, like, Mitchell was worth probably the value of the fab you picked up. Because, I mean, let's be honest, like, Raheem Mostert was a seventh, eighth round pick not too many weeks ago. And Trey Sermon was right in that range a little bit behind him as well, probably. So it, is there value to be had there from guys like Hasty? Meanwhile, Hasty is available this morning. He's available in 99.5% of leagues still. So he's still out there. If you guys are listening right now, check your free agency for him. But, it, it, Dan, it's going to be a wide range of outcomes. Do I want them on my roster? Yes. Do I want to start them right now until I have a clearer picture? Probably not. What do you think, Dave? I think Mitchell is the real deal. I mean, the thing that really scares me, though, is kind of what you're talking about. It's Shanahan. You know, the, the mm-hmm. negatives on Mitchell have a lot more to do with Shanahan than Mitchell. But I just watched that game, rewatched that game uh, earlier today. And, I mean, he's got burst. He's quick to the hole. You know, he's got nice speed. I feel like he's good enough that he should be the featured running back. But you know how Shanahan is really mm-hmm. hard to predict. It's it's a Shanahan trait. His dad was the same way. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I, I I agree with both, with both you guys. I think that talent wise, I think he he is good enough to to get into that that featured back role. Uh, but I just don't see. I just don't trust Shanahan enough to, to put him in that role consistently to be worth uh, what people paying for him. I mean, to not to not to blow your fab, but to, to spend that like 100% of your fab in week one. And I get running oh, back yeah. are scarce and there have been a lot of injuries or stuff. But to just take yourself out of, of adding anyone else to the rest of the year, uh, like that is not something that I'd be comfortable doing uh, for that, for 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 someone like, like Mitchell, in my opinion. I'm with you, Dan, and I'll be honest. I felt like this year compared to last year, the waiver wire prop after week one was just not as good. Last year, there was guys like Miles Gaskin wasn't even being picked up a lot after week one last year. I went hard on him after week one. But, I mean, there was just so much good. Justin Jefferson was sitting on the waivers after week one last year. Robert Tanyan was still out there in the midst somewhere. Like, there were really good guys still on waivers, and I – I think it's just a little bit thinner this year right now. I just haven't seen those guys. Like I, I was kind of like you, you Dan. I honestly was a little more stingy with my fab budget. I think I got Elijah Mitchell for like maybe 17% of my fab in one league, but that was a keeper league where you generally don't drop and add a lot of players throughout the year. But yeah, I, I, I'm with you here, man. I, I mean, we saw a couple weeks ago with Marquez Callaway and a couple in the Scott Fishbowl, two people dropping somewhere between 66 and 100% of their fab on this guy. I mean, it's always dangerous, especially, you know, you, you want these big-name players on, on the waiver wire and the guys who have a lot of upside. But at the end of the day, I, I want that fab in my back pocket for when it matters down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, not to not to say that, that what they, they're thinking was wrong, obviously, because if no. you end up, like, breaking out, then, you know, obviously it was good use of resources. Yes. I, I just I just worry uh, for, for owners, especially, like, in Scott Fishbowl, that – you know, we're spending that money on, on Callaway and Callaway's the perfect, you know, you know, story, you know, he wouldn't spend a hundred percent to 65% of their fab on him. He ended up with like two targets. So it, 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 it's, it's worrisome, but I mean, if it paid off, it, I understand the thinking, like it's a running back. If he, if he ends up hitting, becomes the next, you know, Robinson, which I hate that phrase, but then obviously it's going to work out for them. Yeah. 
so next is actually we're going to stick with running backs. Uh, Mark Ingram uh, somehow returned uh, from the uh, netherworld of, of fantasy to have a 26 uh, carry, 85 yard in the touchdown uh, for the uh, Houston Texans, who maybe aren't as bad as everyone made them out to be. Do you think that Mark Ingram, and we'll start with you, Dave, uh, is someone that should be added going forward? Or do you think that, you know, with Philip Lindsay and David Johnson there, that that backfield should be, you know, don't, don't touch that backfield? Oh, yeah, I'm scared of that backfield too. And to be honest with you, I have teams where I have David Johnson. I have teams where I have Philip Lindsay. And in those leagues, Mark Ingram was out there on the waiver wire, and I didn't even take a stab at him. You know, I'm just thinking that backfield's going to be difficult to predict very much the same way that the, that I was talking about the Jets earlier. And I'm just going to hope that the one that I have is going to, you know, get me enough value when I need them, but I'm only going to feel comfortable playing them in like bi-week replacement situations, you know, unless there's an injury with one of my starting backs. Otherwise I'm, I'm staying away. When I watched the, the game, you know, with, with Houston, Mark Ingram didn't look very efficient or effective out there. You know, he just simply kind of compiled fantasy points because the volume was there. <laughs> right. So, you know, there was nothing that, that I saw that made me think like, now that's a guy that's going to have a good fantasy season and I want to get him on my team. Yeah. And Jacksonville, their opponent in week one, like they impressed me with how bad they were, honestly. <laughs> like they made Houston look like a playoff team the way they, they played. I mean, that defense is just for a week one defense when you have a lot of starters still on there. That was concerning if you're a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. I mean, to answer your question here, Dan, am I adding Mark Ingram in some leagues? Sure. I mean, you can never get enough volume RBs, but am I trying to play him anytime soon? No. Like, like again, this is another guy I'm going to pick up. If he has another big week or two, put him in a package deal, try to upgrade. Because, I mean, yes, we saw Mark Ingram, you know, come out of the closet and just do great things that we weren't expecting. But at the same time, I mean, David Johnson, he, he had a solid outing because of his receiving work. Philip Lindsay, he found the end zone once again as well. Like, I don't know. It's a tough. It's a tough buy for for this Houston Texans offense. I don't expect them to be nearly that good. I mean, man, Tyrod Taylor looked like Lamar Jackson out there, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. So let me ask you this question, guys: Would you want Mitchell at say eighty percent of your fab, or Ingram at say ten percent? <sighs> Gun to the head, probably Ingram just to save it. But I mean. I still think 10% is a little much for him as well. I'm, I'm more comfortable in that five to five to seven range, maybe. Yeah. I, I feel the same, you know, I'd like, I'd probably do Ingram in that situation because then I'd still have the fab left over for somebody else. <laughs> but uh, this, I, this isn't a guy we've been talking about yet, but I put in a bunch of $0 bids for Larry Roundtree. Oh yeah. Picked him up in a few places, which I thought was, you know, potentially adding some running back depth to my fantasy teams. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. I, actually, I feel better about that than I would spending 10% of my fab on Mark Ingram. Yeah. It's funny that you say that actually uh, this morning, he was still on the waiver wire around tree in a lot of places. So I made sure to, to pick him up everywhere because if for some reason, like even if Eckler doesn't get hurt, uh, he's not the healthiest, but even if he doesn't get hurt, he, se he seems to have like a solid role in that like rotational back. 
Mm-hmm. And, and if, Eckler, if anything happens to Eckler, he, you know, he's in the starting lineup, and that, that could be huge. And you're getting him for free. Like, no one's picking him up. I didn't see, I didn't see him pick up in any of my leagues uh, on waivers. So, I mean, if you good, that's a good pull, Dave. I like that. It's a good name. All right. Uh, go switching uh, over to quarterbacks. It was actually uh, one of my hits, but I'd love to know you guys' opinion on uh, on Jalen Hurts. You know, the the thing with Hurts, as I mentioned before, you know, last year was all about his completion percentage, and he he showed out last week. I'll, I'll bet against the Atlanta line defense that doesn't seem like they're going to be pretty good at all. Uh, to the tune of like three touchdowns and two hundred eighty plus yards and sixty yards uh, rushing. Do you think that that's indicative of what he could do going forward, or are you still worried that? You know, that was just because of a bad defense and when he faces someone good that he's going to, you know, basically shit the bed. We'll start with us, Seth. Yeah, Dan, I will say, like, your your offseason love for Jalen Hurts <laughs> is justified here. Like, I mean, the upside was always there. Whenever you have a Russian quarterback in fantasy football today, it's a little bit of a cheat code. We've seen that over the last few years with guys like Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray you know, providing that Russian floor. You know, we only saw him take off seven seven times, 62 yards. He's efficient on the ground. I, I, I'll i be honest. I, I had the Eagles as going for the number one pick this year. I was stunned how good they looked. I mean, Nick Sirianni is a great head coach. Um, fun fact, he's actually uh, – his dad's actually a graduate of the same high school I went to in rural Pennsylvania. So a little bit of hometown love oh, there. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's that's a, that's that's an awesome yeah. little little nugget. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So a little bit of love there for Nick Sirianni. But you know, moving forward, is Jalen Hurts a QB one for me? Absolutely, absolutely. I still think their defense is atrocious with all the cap hits they they took this off season. So I still think that you know he's going to be down a lot. Um, but you know, I do think we have to adjust expectations moving forward a little bit. Dan, 49ers up this week. Eagles in or uh chiefs in two weeks so buccaneers the week after that so definitely going to be a little bit of expectations but i i still think he's going to have enough opportunity and overall like having real wide receivers now jalen rager stepped up a little bit and devonta smith welcome to the nfl buddy that was awesome to see too so i wish i had more i wish i had more jalen hurts around because he's awesome to watch but I, I still think he's kind of in that you know QB six to QB ten rest of the season for me. What about you, Dave? Well, I had him about as a borderline quarterback one coming into the season. You know, obviously, I like the rushing upside. You know, mm-hmm. so that that kind of bumps him up a lot for me. But what really impressed me in this game was how well he threw the ball. You know, I was wondering how you know he would look as a passer, and I felt like he he was looking to pass. He wasn't looking to run first. Yes. You know, he was really going through his progressions, trying to get the ball down the field. And what Seth just said about the receivers stepping up, you know, Jalen Rager looked better than I saw him look last year. You know, Devontae Smith, uh, he made it look like that, you know, high draft capital was well spent. Yeah. So I was very impressed with the way that the, the Eagles as a team passed the ball. But, yeah, Hurts, there's there's no way that you can't consider him a quarterback one at this point, you know, if he's mm-hmm. going to throw like that. Uh, and and I like Seth's little mention that he's very efficient when he does run the ball, which you know, he, it's true. You know, he he gets yeah. his yards and and gets it done, but he's not just. I don't know. He's not a run first quarterback. That's right. that's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You know, and I really like that about about yeah. the game I saw on Sunday. Yeah, he reminds me of Russell Wilson that he's not going to take like that huge hit. He'll get the yards yeah. he needs to get or can get, 
and then yeah. he goes out of bounds or, or, or you know, falls down. Uh, that that throw, honestly, that throw, that that touchdown throw to to Devonta, I didn't think he could make that. <laughs> I didn't think so either. Because he he he, that was like I, that was a better throw than any throw any quarterback for the Eagles made last year. Like, 100%. Like, oh yeah. So that that was a little. I didn't expect that. Like I expected him to be like okay, but but that that throw and the throw the touchdown throw to a to Goddard where he fit in between like the, oh that was a record. Cool. That was that a was, right cool. I was like what. I even like commented about it. I think on, on Twitter, it was like, "Oh my god!" He, I thought that was picked at, at first. So, so those two things, you know, and obviously, you know, I'm an Eagles fan, so I'm obviously going to pump up a Hertz. Mm-hmm. But, but realistically, you know, I, I, I think that 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 six to ten range uh, going forward. So, you know, we do have a tough schedule coming up with a lot of, you know, uh, games. Uh, but it could also help because a lot of the, like the, in the Chiefs game and uh, even the Dallas game, I think they're going to, you know. It's going to be high scoring for for them because I don't think our defense is that good. So you know it's going to be a lot of uh, garbage time points that hopefully we can accumulate. So and those do count as we all know in fantasy as well. Yes. All right. So a, a couple more, uh, and then we can uh, get going. So uh, Van Jefferson, that's some the name that a lot of people haven't you know talked about a lot uh, from the Rams. Everyone you know the Rams drafted two uh, two and pretty much left Van Jefferson for dead, even though he had pretty high draft capital coming last year. He didn't have a, a bunch of targets, but he did have a very long touchdown. With the way that Stafford is spreading the ball around in uh, in, in LA, is he something? Is he someone worth worth picking up? Uh, let's go to you, Dave, first. I'm comfortable giving him a shot. You know, I like what I saw from Matt Stafford throwing the ball all over the yard uh, on Sunday night. He's, I think he's exactly what the Rams hoped he would be. You know, he's just came in and made that offense look like one of the more potent passing offenses in the league. Uh, I'd like to see more volume from Van Jefferson, obviously. You know, it'd be nicer if he had a few more targets, but he made a good catch on that touchdown that you were just talking about. And, I mean, his hands looked pretty pretty solid. I would imagine that if what we saw Sunday is indicative of what their offense is going to do going forward, that – yeah, there's a chance that you're going to get value out of three wide receivers in that offense. I mean, we all know that Cup and Woods are are going to get theirs, but I would definitely say there's a possibility for some life from Van Jefferson. If you need some wide receiver depth, you could do a lot worse. <laughs> He's a tough one, man. He is a tough one because, Dave, you make a great point that we've seen three wide receivers be valuable for the Rams down the stretch before a couple of years ago, 2018, 2019 comes to mind with Brandon Cooks there as the wide receiver three, you know, but, but we look back year after year and we see some of this turnover with guys in week one who have super low draft capital who go off. You know, I, I can remember what, you know, maybe five, six, eight years ago, like Alan Hurts was really big. Um, Alan Hearns, I think, you know, really big in week one, week two, so like you're always going to see these guys, Hollywood Brown, his rookie year, you know, studded it up on in week one. So I don't know, unless I'm in like a 16 team or league, I, I'm probably going to like, it's only three targets. That's my issue a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I think if anyone's the big winner here outside of Cooper cup and Robert Woods with the emergence of Matthew Stafford, I think it's Tyler Higby, man. I mean, without Gerald Everett on the field, he was featured in a lot more passes. So I'm going to like, like, I still think that there is a chance. There is definitely a chance. Like Jen just talked about him last night on our podcast. There's definitely a chance. And, and the price is nothing right now. You pay no fab. You pay no waiver priority. 
but I'm still probably – I'm going to wait another week, I think, before I'm willing to commit anything to him, especially a roster spot at this point in the season when they're so valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think that, that's a that's a good move. I think that we need to see more a little more consistent uh, workload from him. Obviously, he has the talent uh, to to give you that that production, but with with the two guys in front of him, uh, I need to see it like you know one or two more weeks before I, I decide to you know as you say, you know put a bring a bench spot that, that's highly valuable right now to and, and have him use it. Uh, do you think that the Robert Woods uh, like fear is overblown that? Because Cooper Cup had such a good game and Woods didn't, even with the touchdown. Do you think that it's going to even out eventually on on, on the target share, or do you think that Cup is going to be Stafford's guy and, and Woods is going to go into that that one B, uh, like passenger seat? I'm not I'm not overreacting. If I'm a Robert Woods fantasy manager, honestly, the guy's talented. He's going to get some rushing volume each and every week as well. So. I mean, I'm holding tight. Did Cooper Cup have a great game? Yes, but let's not forget one of those touchdowns for Cooper Cup. He was wide open, busted coverage, no one within 15 yards of him. So I'm holding tight if I'm a Robert Woods owner. Greener days ahead. Didn't you hear about the breakfast thing that Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford have been eating breakfast together? <laughs> got a connection? Yeah, yeah, I heard that. That, that. That's obviously what it is. Once you once you start having breakfast with people, you know, obviously you got to bump up the rankings. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, that's what I didn't consider when I made up my, my rankings this this week. I, who has breakfast with who? And right. then, I got I got to put that into my uh, into my process next. Time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can end up I, at casual lunches with people that you're not necessarily you know friends with, but you only take friends to breakfast. Right? Yeah, yeah. Breakfast yeah. is a much more intimate thing. I think that's that's only for the people you actually like. <laughs> yeah. Last but not least, someone we all have near and dear to our hearts, uh, Cole Komet. Seven targets, five receptions, 40 yards. Is this someone that we can maybe depend on? A lot of people were worried that, that Jimmy Graham was going to steal all his thunder, but he seemed to have a solid game. Uh, with Dalton, and eventually when Fields starts, are, are we back on the on the Cole Komet uh, bandwagon? Seth? Man, so, so, so Dan, I have the most love-hate relationship with Cole Komet. Um, I said F Cole Komet on a, on a live stream, holiday live stream, a couple, couple months ago, I think about eight, eight, nine months ago at this point. Ended up having to play him that week, and Scott Fishbowl lost my, my ticket to the championship because of him and the likes of Josh Jacobs. So I have a very love-hate relationship with him. But that, that's, that all said, um, there is some value, I think. But, but I, am I going the waivers and the free agency and like after him, no, not really. Like, yes, yeah, 74% of the snaps was great to see. And it looks like Jimmy Graham's really going to be the red zone target. We saw him really featured in the red zone here on uh, on Sunday night. But like without the red zone upside and with them targeting guys like Jimmy Graham, Allen Robinson, who's been great there the last couple of years, I don't know. Like he's okay. I think I had him maybe projected – as like tight end 2021 coming into the season. Does that move up a little bit? Sure. Sure. Maybe he's, you know, a a higher end tight end too. But for me right now, until I know what's going on at quarterback, I'm a little hesitant to really throw anyone out there outside of Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney in this passing game. All right. What do you think, Dave? Man, I want to be excited about Cole Komet. You know, I really, I want to be, but Tight end is such a tough position, you know, once you get past the 
the top few. I mean, this is what we always say. But I think there are guys out there that I'm probably happier taking a stab at right now than Cole Komet. Yeah. But I will say, you know, I may be a little gaga for Justin Fields, but I will say <laughs> if he becomes the starting quarterback, I think my interest in all the passing options in Chicago goes up a little, you know. Yeah. I think I, I just think that guy's got it. And I definitely don't think Andy Dalton has any more it, you know. So like whatever he has <laughs> all out of it. You know? Revenge so, game for him this weekend. Revenge game for the red rifle. Bengals come to town. So we'll see what he has left in the tank. I think that'll be a good test for him. Yeah. Absolutely. So so real quick, who who would you take in going forward? Would you take Komet or someone like Mike Isecki, who didn't also didn't have any kind of game last week. And it's hard to be excited about Gusecki right now after that week mm-hmm. one stinker. Uh, I'll go Gusecki. I just think I think he's a little more talented of a player. I am worried now a little bit because we do have three pretty good passing options for the young Tua Tagovailoa there in Miami. But I think Gusecki's just he has he has the touchdown upside. We've seen him score a lot more touchdowns in the last couple of years than Cole Komet. So. I mean, I'm not thrilled to have either one, but if I have to choose, it's definitely Mike Kosicki. Yeah, I'm not like Great. terribly excited about either of those guys either, but I'm going to go the opposite way. I would go with Cole Kamel. Okay. okay. Especially with Will it. Fuller coming back from the suspension right yep. now. Yeah. You know, that just, and Kosicki didn't do much with it without Will, Will Fuller on the field. I just feel like that reduces his likelihood of being what we hoped for Kosicki anyway. And yeah, I'm definitely, I like the involvement from Cole Komet in week one. And like I said, at some point, you got to believe they're making the switch to Justin Fields. That's going to make me like him even more. So for those reasons, I'd pick Komet. Yeah, yeah I, I think I agree with you more, Dave. I I think that I, I had a lot of Gusecki rostered uh, before the season. I was really high on him. And the fact that he got absolutely nothing. Yeah, uh, I mean, I may be tilting a little bit, uh, you know, right. full disclosure, but yeah. but um, I I think that you know I, I agree when when Fields gets gets the job, I think that all all the offense is going to look better, and the fact that you know Komet was on the field for a, for a, a ton of, of snaps and he got some decent target share, uh, that's someone that that you know I I'll probably give Gusecki one more week just to see how he feel uh, how he fares, but with like you said with Fuller coming back, there's going to be less and less opportunity for him to you know, to, to make a, make an impression. So uh, I'll stick it Gasicki for now, but I uh, don't be surprised if I probably go commit next week. <laughs> last, last thing I'll say on this is Mike Gasicki has been a long time known fantasy commodity who catches on later in the season. It, I didn't target him a lot in drafts specifically because of that. I mean, last season he was a, he was a, a strong tight end one down the stretch, got a lot of people into championships, won a couple people, some championships. So, Whole, like I, I know, is that what you're saying? Patience. Patience. I, it's hard with those tight ends because I was all in on Austin Hooper as well as, as a sleeper, and I have him all over the place. And I'm I'm looking at some redrafts. I, I you know it's hard to hold a tight end, you know, a second tight end in a roster spot, especially in redraft leagues. But if I could advise a little bit of patience for fantasy owners, be, be patient. It's only week one. Patience so, is no fun. It's week one. We want to yeah. overreact. <laughs> that's what you're telling us. To be All right. That's what, that's, that's what in the game. Everyone has a swing 180 the opposite way to everything they said that they were wrong yeah. about. Would, so, Seth, would you take Komet or Jawan Johnson? Man, that is a great – that's a great one, Dan. I, 
Uh, I would think if I'm in a basic redraft PPR league, probably commit for that PPR value, <sighs> especially at tight end premium, probably even a little more. But I mean, Jawan Johnson, though, like it's interesting. It, Adam, I'm a big Adam Troutman guy too, though. So I, I'm mixed on Johnson. But I mean, we saw it all in preseason. We saw it again here in week one, two touchdowns, um, some nice plays from the, the young man in the end zone. So there could be something with Jawan jo- Johnson. I just need to see more volume. That's fair. What about you, Dave? Would you take Would you take uh, Kiseki or Johnson for you? Um, I, see, it, feels, it feels exciting <laughs> yeah. to be uh, in on Johnson right now. You know, it does. He did, yeah, he did display some pretty good hands. Uh, I was impressed with you know how well he catches the ball. Uh, yeah, I might. I might be willing to do it. Like I say, I mean. Gasicki, I don't know. I guess maybe I'm just really kind of tilted from week one, like you said. But uh-huh. <laughs> he's not going to – I just feel like he's not going to get more involved, you know, when they have more receiving options. So right. Agreed. Maybe I'm going to be wrong on this, and Seth's going to say, I told you to be patient. We'll see. But... <laughs> we'll see what uh, yeah. I mean, I, I – I'll probably go with, with Johnson, even if he doesn't get that, that kind of target share. The fact that they look at they look at him in the red zone as much as they do. I mean, we all know once you get past the first like four tight ends, any tight end that scores is going to be worth you know picking up. So if they continue with the red, even if you know Trotman is the starter, but they give the red zone looks to Johnson, I'm I'm going to prefer Johnson over over Trotman there. Yeah, a lot of times you'll hear people say you know talk about it. Well, he's a touchdown dependent tight end, and it's like, right. I mean, let's face it: if they're if you're not, you know, Kittle, Kelsey, Waller, maybe even Logan Thomas, you know, he gets a lot of targets. But if you're not one of those four, you are a touchdown dependent tight end. Exactly. That's kind of what playing tight end is all about, you know. I mean, yeah. you're not going to be that heavily targeted. Exactly. Every tight end after tight end number four is TD dependent. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> all right, guys, that'll wrap up the show for today. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, before we go out, let's uh, tell everyone uh, where they can find you. Dave, you want to go first? Yeah, absolutely. You can find me at Dave Fantasy on Twitter. I link all my articles that I'm writing there. Uh, writing a, a column every other week for IBT Media. So um, absolutely look for me there. That's somewhere you'll always find me. And then, you know, like I said, just find me on Twitter because you'll find everything that I do there. Awesome. What about you, Seth? Well, I, w- I will first add, Dave is bit being very bashful. Great, you know, awesome contributor to our team. Everything he does, he did rankings and projections for us. I busted those out this summer. So thankful to have Dave as a member of our team at In Between Media. But guys, yeah, you, you can follow me on the Twitter bird at between underscore Seth FF. Um, you know, we're over here in between media. We're a little bit different than, than a lot of fantasy football sites. We combine feel good lifestyle advice with our fantasy sports advice as well. Whether you're into fantasy football, fantasy NASCAR, fantasy golf, even a little bit of fantasy fighting we got over there for you as well. Uh, we got columns coming out Monday through Saturday. We have YouTube series coming out. We have a podcast every week. So make sure you guys check that out. It's inbetweenmedia.com. We got a bunch of good stuff coming for you this season hopefully we can get dan back on the podcast sometime as well 
Absolutely. Yeah, it was a great time. Yeah. If you're not following all those guys over at IBT, definitely check them out. You know, they're awesome. That the fancy guy that put out was was great reading. They're always uh, you know, they're always they're great people in general. They're really accessible. If you have a question or anything, they're more than willing to help out. So so a great group of people over there, and we're really excited to see what you guys do in the future. Uh, you can find me over at Twitter at EagleDanFF. I'm over here at Champions Round doing an uh, article uh, every week, one for waivers and one for uh, a weekly uh, preview on Fridays uh, and also uh, this podcast. Uh, so thanks, everyone, for watching, and I'll be sure to catch you next time.